eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at Houts. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. Josh, Josh, are you telling me it actually happened? Are you telling me that we recorded an episode of Finsider Radio and the Dolphins made a move right after? Is that how we're going to have to start this podcast? It is. That's exactly how we're going to have to start this episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. Dude, every time we do a podcast, does it not happen? As soon as we get off the air, you know, some... Pretty significant signing. Let's be honest. This was a pretty significant vet free agent signing this late in the season, I guess. At least late in the offseason, I should say. It's been this way for a couple years now. It's been actually probably one of the better love stories in the NFL. The will they, won't they. The one standing on one side of the gymnasium while the other stands on the other side with sweaty palms. The Dolphins have finally acquired Melvin Ingram on a one-year deal worth $5 million. Uh, This was something that the Dolphins have been, you know, flirting with for a couple of years and 
Uh, but of course it happened. You know, we did our uh, most recent show and all of a sudden we get off to, you know, Josh goes to edit and all of a sudden, boom, this pops up 15 minutes later. Uh, so to give a little background information on the newest edition of the Miami Dolphins, Melvin Ingram, uh, first round pick 2012 NFL draft. I was graduating high school. Um, and then he played nine seasons with the Chargers. And Josh, there were a couple of years there where it was, you know, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, where, you know, kind of the fearless, you know, duo of, of pass rushers in the league where you kind of were looking for that type of tandem. Um, so before we get into, you know, what he accomplished last year, Josh, I want you to give me quickly, uh, when you see the signing of Melvin Ingram, what do you think that brings to the team outside of the fact that, you know, the, the locker room guys have to worry about one less pair of gloves every Sunday? Yeah, well, let me first just say I wasn't even editing the podcast at that point. I think I just went outside and uh, set up the bounce house like I told you I was going to do. And then <laughs> I came on here and you just said, ha ha ha, man, with, a, you know, a link to the tweet. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, um, but my first reaction was finally, like you said, I mean, for so many years, it seemed like the Dolphins flirted with whether it was a trade or last year, you know, picking up before free uh, in free agency. I mean, whatever it was, you thought at some point Melvin Ingram was going to find his way to the Miami Dolphins. He was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs last year after signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a free agent, uh, traded for a sixth round pick. He played six games for the Steelers and nine for the Chiefs. And Jake, I mean, he had a pretty big impact on that Chiefs defense. But your question was, how is he going to fitness Dolphins, you know, front seven. And that's a great question, man. Who's he going to take snaps away from? I mean, right now in the depth chart, I'm looking at it, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle's in front of him. They have him, uh, you know, battling with guys. Well, they have Darius Hodge. I'm not even going to, but I mean, you got Andrew Van Ginkle, you got Melvin Ingram, you know, you got Jalen Phillips, you got some of these other pass rushers that, um, you know, at one point, maybe you looked at this roster and said the Dolphins, um, that was one of their areas of weakness. And right now, man, this thing is loaded. So I'm ecstatic for this signing. When you find out it was just a one-year deal worth $5 million, man, sign me up. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was really weird him wearing number 24 in Kansas City. That caught me off guard because I think you posted a picture of uh, him and Tyree Kill at H-O-U-T-Z, how it's on Twitter. And, you know, I was like, who is this? Who is this number 24 running back? And then I realized, oh, wait, you know, they traded. Uh, you can change numbers now. And, and Mel Melvin Ingram became one of those guys. And so, Josh, I think the big question here, you know, you say he had this great career. He's been one of the better pass rushers. He always sticks out. You know, I made the joke. Uh, he does not wear gloves. I always thought that was kind of cool. Uh, he was crucial for the Kansas City defense. But why has it taken him so long to, you know, get signed? Why is it only a one year deal worth five million dollars? You know, your eyes instantly boom over to the fact that he's 33 years old. And, you know, I don't want them to turn this into the negative, but he is qualified to be a pass rusher. I'm going to steal your stat right here. He is getting a pressure once out of every nine snaps. Uh, compare that to Emmanuel Agba, one out of every 8.6 snaps. So almost equal. So I think, you know, you look at two pass rushers, two edge rushers, and you wonder, okay, so how are these guys different? How is Melvin Ingram still, you know, on, on the free agent market where Emmanuel Agba just got absolutely paid? And the thing that stands out to me, Josh, and I'm actually kind of excited to see how it unfolds is the Dolphins defense. If it can mask one, uh, you know, maybe if it's a bigger weakness, it's it's the defensive end's ability to stop the run. Because you think about the guys on the inside, Zach Steeler, Christian Wilkins, uh, they're going to make, you know, opposing offenses hurt if they're going to run up the middle. And then the question comes, all right, you look at those stretch runs, you look at those tosses, you look at those, uh, you know, running back screens. How are the Dolphins going to, you know, try to navigate that with someone like Melvin Ingram out in the field? Then you think about the fact the Dolphins spent a lot of money to get two cornerbacks in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard who aren't afraid to tackle. 
You look at those two safeties, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, those guys are not afraid to tackle. So in a way, I think having someone like Melvin Ingram on the field is kind of tempting opposing teams to, uh, you know, maybe run the football in his direction, but behind it, man, is just such a fortified group of, of well-known tacklers who aren't going to, you know, Brent crimes and just jump off the field. Yeah. And let's not by any, you know, stretch the imagination and say that, you know, Melvin Ingram can't play against the run because I mean, he isn't, you know, the greatest run stopper, but he can set the edge, you know, he can do some of those things in the run game, but Jake, to your point, I think the main reason he was still out there and I wish I knew what the exact tender was, but I think there was some kind of tender that the chiefs placed on him where if he signed before X amount of time, he would be due a contract by the chiefs, you know, for X amount of money, the chiefs would then have a decision to match that contract. So I have to look it up. I don't know if it's an exclusive rights uh, tender, whatever it was, but that could be why Melvin Ingram was still in the market. But Jake, I laugh and I sit here and I say, you know, I wrote this up 33 years old, you know, thinking that, you know, his better days might be behind him. Dude, I'm 35. I do not know what age <laughs> I became where I look at these veteran players. You know, you think they only have a few more years left in the league. I mean, you know, our perception, of these older players. And then I sit here and I go, damn, dude, you're actually two years older than Melvin Ingram. So, um, uh, on paper, man, I'm ecstatic for this. I mean, I didn't even mention Emmanuel Agba. Cameron Good's now around. You know, Melvin Ingram's now in the line. Andrew Van Ginkle, like we said, did I say Cameron Good? I mean, the Dolphins have a loaded room. I think what I saw most on tape, Jake, was just how relentless this guy was and, you know, the spin mm-hmm. moves. And I, for so many years, I wanted Jadavian Clowney here in Miami. And I, I think that maybe, you know, Melvin Ingram might have been what I envisioned in my head, you know, that version of Jadavian Clowney, you know, the way he plays. So, I'm excited to see the way that Josh Boyer uses him. You know, this is a loaded unit. They, you see the way the Chiefs and the Steelers used uh, Ingram last year. You know, he could stand up. He could have his hand in the ground, come off the edge, do a number of different things. So uh, let's see what happens. I did have a note, though. He does not have a touchdown yet in the NFL. So um, I think there was a video of him maybe on a fake punt or something from his days at South Carolina. Whatever it is, <laughs> let's make sure he gets an NFL touchdown one way or the other. Yeah. And you touch on the depth chart and, you know, some people might be wondering, oh, no, is, you know, Jalen Phillips, is he not, you know, progressing the way uh, the team would hope? Uh, well, actually, he was awarded the team MVP award <laughs> for uh, yesterday. And that I don't know what qualifies for you to be the MVP. I assume it means you had a very good practice. Being and as awesome. a result, the team got to listen to Kanye all day in practice. But to kind of stick on this depth chart, man, it it did seem like defensive end was one of those positions you're like, all right, and what else? You know, you know Emmanuel Agba, the consistency is going to be there. Uh, Jalen Phillips, the second half of the season he had last year was was a, as much as we could expect. I mean, that's ring of honor type stuff we're talking about. Uh, but there were times you look at guys, uh, you mentioned, you did actually didn't mention, but Sam McGuavin is one guy that comes to mind for me. Uh, Brennan Scarlett, uh, Duke Riley, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. These are guys that the Dolphins had to rely on uh, two, three game stretches last year. Uh, even Andrew Van Ginkle looked a little off at times. I know he was recovering from an injury and I'm excited to see what he looks like. But you need that depth at, to give someone in a defense like the Dolphins have to add someone like Melvin Ingram. where You're not you know, asking him to be what he was with Joey Bosa. You're asking him to be that pure pass rusher to kind of fill in and do what he does best and, and just kind of go off from there. I think that offers more opportunity instead of, you know, maybe having to rely on Duke Riley as much or Brennan Scarlett as much. I mean, we both can look back last year. I think Duke Riley had a couple uh, uh, big sacks and I think Brennan Scarlett had a blocked punt. I might be mixing those two up to be completely honest. And I apologize. Uh, But someone like Melvin Ingram adds that consistent floor that is going to be very important when you're facing, you know, the Josh Allens of the world, the the top tier quarterbacks, the Dolphins are going to have to go against. 
Yeah, and again, it's just added depth. You know, a couple of years ago, if they would have traded for Melvin Ingram, you know, he would have been one of those guys that you're relying on, you know, on this defense. You're, I mean, you're not really relying on Melvin Ingram, right? I mean, he's just kind of like the cherry on top of a Sunday. And I hate that we use that reference because I don't know, man, that cherry is kind of underwhelming right on top of a uh, Sunday. But at the end of the day, man, I, I love this move. Again, it just speaks volumes because you look at the roster and you see some of these weaknesses and, you know, they just have found ways to whether it be in the draft undrafted phrases with sorry acorns and things like that and then going out here and sign these vets you know they, yeah they saw running back you know they went out there and got sony michelle fits everything they could use that could honestly you know potentially start and now this i mean um i'm excited to see the way they he's used and i think the biggest thing and something i just can't get over jake is uh you see the different highlights and clips going around and um one of them is just him having his way you know pressuring the hell out of josh allen and at the end of the day that's what the dolphins have to do this year if they really want to take that next step yeah, uh, my last note here, and and I want to be the first one to hop on this bandwagon, and I'm it's wide open if anyone wants to join me. Joey Porter 2.0. That that's what I'm going to go ahead and call this. I mean, he came to Miami, had like a year and a half where he was absolutely bananas. He signed with uh, the Dolphins when he was 30, and this kind of reminds me uh, to a similar scenario where that defense was very very good, and you just kind of add someone who is so good at, at one specific thing. I think Joey Porter had like 16 and a half sacks, something bananas, his first year with Miami, and I kind of view Melvin Ingram that same way. I just think it's a great uh, opportunity to add someone who doesn't have to be a foundational piece, but has that experience and has that culture. Yeah, and is it Lawrence Timmons I'm thinking of that kind of went AWOL when he was at the yeah. – um, yeah, so as long as he doesn't turn into Lawrence Timmons, right? Um, Jake and I, <laughs> I, we were sitting here talking about how old we are. I mean, Joey Porter's kid, I think, is in the draft next year. So, holy crap, man, I, you might even be getting up there in age. So I had to make you feel a little older Don't too, Don't you man. dare say that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. But, I mean, again, how can you hate this move? I, I love that what the Dolphins are building here, and it sounds like Melvin Ingram's all in, man. But what was it, a couple months ago, didn't someone post like a video from Instagram of him just like – jacking like pumping iron this dude looked huge and now he's a Miami Dolphins so let's see the way he fits because um again on paper man this team just got better from last year and last year that was one of the better defenses in all of football we joke Josh that uh you know news always breaks right after we do a podcast and it's more of truth than a joke uh and we were going to record this on Monday but we waited till Tuesday and Man, I thought that was a pretty good choice because a lot of uh, Mike McDaniel met with the media. OTAs are fully underway. Uh, members of the press are there. Um, a couple of things we learned, joint practices with the Eagles and Bucks coming this uh, preseason. I love the joint practices. I think that's so much more beneficial than going against your own guys. It just changes things so much. And I always look forward to those opportunities. We always get some good stories. We get a couple fights. It is a really nice primer for the season. And Josh, I'm going to let you say the next thing that we have here because I know you're still smiling ear to ear from it. Well, first, let me just say, give me all the fights in training camp. I'm good with that, man. But as long as they don't um, <laughs> post, wasn't it against the Falcons last year? It was Calvin Ridley or was it two years ago? We're in that route against Xavier Howard or Byron Jones where he's wide open in the end zone. And he did like a, um, you know, it wasn't even a double move. It was like a triple or a quadruple move that he put on him. And he had all day in the world and everyone was losing their mind. So uh, we do have to remember to temper expectations. But the next thing we have to talk about, Jake, is it's not temporary two- expectations. Uh, yeah, it's not temporary <laughs> expectations. Get excited because the Miami Dolphins social media team posted the Tua to Preston Williams touchdown. It was a bomb. At least that's what the beat writers were saying. But, Jake, I don't know about you, man, but um, whoever keeps filming these things, they need to get a steady cam or something because um, it's it makes me sick. What were your thoughts when you saw us? Because the Internet's losing its mind. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Um, I think the most important thing this time of year and up until we get to the start of the season isn't necessarily what a player is doing, just kind of how much we hear their name. And I think if we're hearing Preston Williams, you know, two, three times a week when practices are going on, I think that is going to be huge for this team. I think he has such a unique skill set at uh, you know, the question has been, how are they going to feed, you know, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and Mike Kosicki? And I look at the fact, man, if, if all those guys are getting all the attention, I mean, Preston Williams has that body that is just made for that slot that he could beat linebackers. He can break away from safeties. And if he is healthy, if he is ready to go, I mean, to his best performances. Uh, early in the 2020 season, we're with Preston Williams there. He's such a great safety blanket to have. Undrafted guy, but the potential has always been there. If, 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 but if he can stay healthy, man, I think the survival of the fittest mindset with this, uh, you know, wide receiver room is only going to make, you know, those ifs become reality for someone like Preston. I, I definitely think you're baiting me here, trying to hype me up for <laughs> Preston Williams again. You have to be, man. Uh, I mean, I was excited. Again, you're right. If Preston Williams is going out there making plays, I mean, this, uh, this, I always say the sky's the limit at this point for this offense, but it truly is, man. But um, as far as, you know, that being a bomb, I think, you know, some people said it might travel 30 yards in the air, regardless of what it was. It got fans excited. Then he threw a laser to, um, um, Mike Gesicki, where the camera couldn't even keep up with it, just shot off the screen like some Buzz Lightyear shit. So they, they need to get better cameramen over there, man. Last thing I want to talk about, um, well, I guess there's two things here. The beat writers. I mean, everybody's talking about it. And I mean, it's the most no crap thing to say, but the way Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle complement each other, their speed is going to be a sight to see. So just give me your thoughts on any of that, Jake, because I mean, as you know, this is going to be one of the most dynamic duos in all of football. I'm so excited to talk about this all through the preseason. Um, I'm actually not being sarcastic about that either. You look at the fact, man, and, and I was sharing some tweets with you about this. Jalen Waddle had 140 targets last year, and obviously this offense is going to be completely different. He isn't going to get anywhere near that, and it has nothing to do with the fact, uh, you know, you bring in Tyree Kilt. Mike McDaniel is going to want to run the football quite a bit. So I'm interested to see how this dynamic is going to evolve with a run first offense. I mean, we've been saying for years, you know, the Dolphins want to be run first, run first. But in reality, man, they were, I think, one of the top two, three teams in terms of early down passing last year. They have not had that running back. So I'm really curious to see how you can kind of get Tyree Kill his yards, not necessarily receptions, Jalen Waddle his yards. And then when you add the guys like Gasicki, as you add the guys like a Preston Williams, I think it's going to be such a fun dynamic and it's such a good problem to have. But the Dolphins have really struggled with for a couple of years where, you know, I'm going to be excited that, you know, they're not just kind of plucking for the first down marker each and every throw. They're actually going to, if they're running as much as we say they are, uh, the passing game is going to be very limited in terms of in in terms of opportunities that you have. So, I mean, I'm ready to see what kind of solution uh, Mike McDaniel creates for the Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, quote unquote, no problem. Yeah, and I just I really am can't sitting here in awe of how we got to this point. I mean, at one point, you know, it was this offseason. I think Cedric Wilson was the big free agent signing, and everyone's kind of you know down about this team. And now we're sitting here talking about 
all these different pieces, you know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, uh, Mike. I mean, the list goes on and on, man. One another piece. I mean, Sony Michelle, we talked about a little bit on the last podcast, but Jake, real quick, what were your thoughts? I mean, I think they asked him about the number 34 if it meant anything to him. And he's kind of like, Yeah, I know exactly about Ricky, you know, what he did down here, you know, the type of production he had. So um, I don't know, man. Sony Michelle seems on board and he has respect for the numbers. So like we said on the last podcast, it's better than a Jordan Howard. It's better than a Malcolm Brown, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And so you mentioned Sony Michelle and we spoke about Melvin Ingram, two guys that they went after post the draft. Uh, I think McDaniel said something along the lines that our visions, our goals are the same. That's why we brought him to Miami. And I, I look at that, man. I look at what they're doing and you have to think, you know, we see it replied on almost every tweet on Twitter. Uh, JC Treader has to be somewhere in the stratosphere, right? You see what this team is doing. You see, like we were speaking about it, man. Hey, maybe they'll take a running back in the third round. Hey, defensive end. That's something the Dolphins still need a little bit of help with. The way they're going about this, the way we're kind of on the same page in terms of seeing what the strengths and weaknesses are, what percent chance would you say that they're going to add a center? You just want me to say 69%. You just want me to say, <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if you saw it, but someone literally asked JC Treaders like dad on Instagram or something. And I think he said, you know, have the franchise or uh, have the front office give us a, an offer. So I, I don't know if that was true or not. I kind of just scrolled right past it, but um, I think the way you're, you know, what you're suggesting, Jake, is they realize their weaknesses and they're going to go out there and plug it with a vet. So, I mean, I think it's crazy to go in this with Dieter and what Connor Williams, maybe, you know, being a transition there backup. Yeah. Connor Williams does have a beer, so that could change some things. But I mean, I, again, you just look at the plethora of linemen that they have that are going into their second or third year where I guess the verdict's still out in them. And I still think maybe they think they can fit a, is it a round peg in a square hole or <laughs> there ain't no way that's the saying, but you know what I'm trying to say. So I, I think above under 50%, I'll say it's, there's a less chance that they'll bring one in. What about you, Jake? I'm going to say there's less too, but I mean, just these are the type of deals I get excited for, you know, obviously trading for Tyree kill, uh, obviously, you know, signing some like uh, Teron Armstead to come in here and ensure up that offensive line. But I mean, that depth, man, is going to be so, so important. And I think we're going to be talking about these um, acquisitions. I mean, for a long time, just for the sake of, hey, we needed him to have a spot, 10 snaps, whatever it may be. And these are very much qualified players. Uh, Josh, let's let's end here with a couple notes from Mike McDaniel's presser. Uh, I thought this was an interesting one. We're learning a new language on one side of the ball and refining a language on the other side of the ball. Uh, you look at that, you see them building a new offense. They have an established defense, and that defense is going to be what they lean on early in the year. Uh, do you see anything happening to that defense outside of the concerns of, of Josh Boyer versus Brian Flores calling the plays? No, I guess the last year it might have been youth, right? With how, you know, Javon Holland and some of those other uh, young players were just kind of thrown into the starting lineup. I think this year it would be more the play calling, you know, maybe this linebacking core, you know, what were to happen if Tyndall wasn't ready? I mean, I think some of the quotes flowing around there, Jerome Baker, you know, Omar Kelly saying he took him, you know, two or three reps to do this drill. I mean, some of those things are obviously overreacting with at this point, but, you know, maybe if the linebacker unit has an issue there, or again, an injury could happen. So uh, knock on wood, man, to me, the biggest thing is Ken Josh Boyer, um, you know, be that defense corner to that. At least we from the outsiders, you know, at some point we thought Josh Burr was a dude, right? So I guess that would be my biggest thing. And then last two things here, uh, Josh, you were 
kind of sniffing around this and I'm very proud that, that you brought it up. This was uh, something not a lot of people were thinking about, but uh, bringing in Sony Michelle, does it have to do anything? Is Raheem Mostert maybe not getting healthy as fast as we thought? Mike McDaniel actually said they're not going to rush back Mostert, but the idea of the tone around the conversation makes it sound like he's going to be ready for week one. And then additionally, uh, Lynn Bowden is another one. Mike McDaniel said, I'm drawn to guys who have multiple position experience. He mentioned that quarterbacks, something Lynn Bowden has done just kind of see the field differently and that's something that is certainly understandable he also added though that Lynn Bowden has been suffering from a hamstring injury early on in camp uh either of these guys man I think the key is keeping them healthy and that's going to be a tough task it seems like at least early on yeah and I'm you're sitting here talking about Raheem Mostert you know they're saying he might be ready by week one but is there really any reason to rush him back I mean think about getting Raheem Mostert in you know week four or something like that I mean adding him to this offense with that type of speed. I mean, Jake, I don't know if you saw it, but um, they, of course, they asked Mike McDaniel if he was going to allow these players to race. And he's like, well, I'm not going to not allow them to race. But um, he did say that they test these players and the fastest right now has been 21 to 22 miles per hour, but said, you know, not everyone's been out there. So I think Raheem Monster might be the fastest player on this team. So the thing about adding that type of speed late in the year kind of gets you a little bit giddy. The Lim Bowden thing is still a big um, I'm still uncertain of that. I don't know if maybe he was trolling, you know, the whole Brian Flores thing, because wasn't it the hamstring that, you know, they said and ended up keeping him out of this season? Because Lim Bowden, mm-hmm. I, I guess, came on Twitter afterwards and kind of posted an emoji. So um, I have no idea what that's about. But when you see the videos of Lim Bowden out there with Tua Tungavailoa, and then you hear, you know, he hasn't really been out there with the team practicing because of a hamstring. I mean, did it just happen? Is this, you know, a bigger injury? Who knows? To wrap it up, Jake, our boy River Crawcraft, I don't know if you saw this, but he talked about Uh Mike McDaniel, and he said, Mike McDaniel is a super genius. That's all you need to know. He's smarter than everyone else. No offense to everybody else. So I thought that would be the perfect way to wrap up all this with uh, River Crawcraft, you know, what, wide receiver one? I'm just just kidding, talking (laughs) about Mike McDaniel being a super genius. And, I mean, I'll be the first one to me. He's much smarter than I am. Hey, Mike McDaniel's favorite body of water is a river crawcraft. Guys, it's been fun, man. We're doing two shows this week. We, we've had a lot of talk about them, and that's exciting. You know, you're starting to feel the intensity of the season starting to get there, especially it starts to get warmer out. I know you people in the South have live in the dream and we're still in sweatshirts and stuff, but you start to see a vision. You start to see these narratives start to build up. And I think that's where we really uh, start to get excited about the season and how it's coming uh, together. So that is all the time we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us on Finsider radio. Reach out to us, reach out to us on Twitter. You got some questions, you got some comments, you got some thoughts, you got some opinions. Send them to me at jmendel94. And if you got some compliments, you got some kind words, you want to retweet some stuff, head over to Houts at H-O-U-T-Z. You're going to find a lot of good stuff over there. And, you know, we're still trying to find that rhythm. Uh, There's not a lot of news coming out. So what it does, we're going to jump onto a pod. Uh, When's that going to happen? I don't know. But the best way to figure out is to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to your podcast. And then, too, you like the show, share it with someone else. I mean, every person that logs on and, and, and listens to the show it makes our community a little bigger and at the end of the day we're just here to watch the dolphins win a super bowl that's all we care about and again like jake said guys thank you so much for listening because without you there is no us for the jake and josh show part of sb nation's fin cider i'm josh house that's jake mendel we'll talk to you next time fins up, fins up. Uh.
That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.